All right, yeah, let's go ahead and introduce our special guest of the evening on Below the Belt show, an up-and-coming young actor, Joseph Poliquin. Joseph, good to have you. They call you Joe for, uh, yeah, for uh, Joe, informally, buddies. Or, uh, okay, Joe, Joe Poliquin. Um, my gosh, we just watched Greyhound on Apple TV+. <laughs> Plus. Wow, what? a film you must be so proud to be a part of this this great great war film oh yes indeed it's it's unbelievable it's unlike anything i've ever experienced in my life wow well first of all let's talk about just working with um the legend that is tom hanks i mean everyone in the entertainment industry strives to be the next tom hanks or just to even (laughs) you know um your thoughts i guess being on set because uh, you guys are in close quarters on this on this ship you know that you're, yeah. you're shooting on um which pretty much majority of the film takes place on the ship um tell, tell us about just just working with tom um i mean where i'll begin man uh at first i didn't i didn't even know what my part was going to be in the movie i didn't know if i was going to be working with tom or what was going to be happening um i went to boot camp and of course you know once I, I did a 15 page audition and got a call back i was like oh boot camp to go to being a Tom Hanks movie, of course, absolutely. What guys <laughs> gonna be teaching me? Absolutely, right. I'm not gonna miss out on this. So I uh, showed up to boot camp. Tom Hanks wasn't there. You know, it was just us. But I, there was like these actors that I was starting to recognize, and I'm like looking around. And I'm like, wait, I know that guy, and I know, and I know that guy, and that guy. And then I realized quickly that I was the only guy here in boot camp that I didn't recognize from something <laughs> else. I was like, what is going on, man? Yeah. So we, you know, they they told us our positions. They came up to us one day with uh, some tape and they just put tape on our back and it had our jobs on the boat, on the ship. And then they, they taught us everything they could about a Navy destroyer in such a small amount of time because they didn't want to overwork us in boot camp for the fact that the people that were getting thrown into the, into the war in 1942 didn't have that much preparation. So they didn't want us wow. to be prepared for it. Yeah, it was it's crazy. But I made lifelong friends and then the first day we met Tom Hanks, he just walked in the set. And do you guys curse on this show? <laughs> Yes, the first thing he says, dude, he walks out and he goes, What's up, fuckers? <laughs> it was like from that point on, it was like the you know, the family member that I'd never got to meet in real life. He's been there throughout my whole family, like inspired me to love and just create and just yes. and he, ne- he never knew it, you know? And then one day I get to meet him and work with him and he I told him, I said, Thank you so much for casting me on your film. And he said, Oh, thank you, Pelican. I'm just glad to let me make it finally. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tom is a writer, producer of this film as well. So he was actively involved with the casting process. Yep. So he saw everybody's audition tapes, I'm, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. He told my agent, make sure to tell Joseph that we picked him for his talent and not because he was local. And I think that meant more to me than anything else. <laughs> right. Cause, uh, so you're a, a Louisiana-based actor, yes? Yes, sir. And a lot of the um, the shooting took place in louisiana so i'm glad they're giving the local town of louisiana a chance to shine so that's, <clears throat> that's yeah. awesome but the fact that tom hanks hand picked your audition tape uh <laughs> is is pretty rad man i think that's really really cool man thank you uh yeah. it, it is pretty nuts I, I will say you know i i got to the point in my life i was living off my buddy's couch for a week i didn't know what i was going to do with my life and i'm like man I've, I've been trying this acting thing for a while I really yeah. hope that something, you know, breaks. And I prayed about it, man, and I got a call the next day from my agent, and she was like, hey, Tom Hanks is coming to town. 
and he really, you know, he's looking for anyone who's got any military experience. I was like, well, I don't have military experience, but my, my grandfather was a Marine. There you go. <laughs> my whole life, he's always been a Marine. So, I mean, that's there, you know. What, and, uh, what were you able to learn? <laughs> what were you able to learn from your grandfather? The, the oh, well, like, I, I already knew that the salutes that you see in, in most movies and stuff, like, they're not real. Yes. When you, see, when you see someone salute like this and then they push their hand away from their face, like, really quickly, that doesn't exist. That's actually insulting. And I already knew some of that stuff. So that helped yeah. me, you know, even though you, we didn't, they didn't keep a lot of the stuff that we shot for character building purposes. They actually cut Rob Morgan's parts, my parts, Stephen Graham's parts. They cut so many parts out of the film because they wanted it to look like it was an over the shoulder Tom Hanks experience. You, Cause that's how the book was written. Uh, you know, they, so, the, name, so you had name, a lot more dialogue we didn't see. Oh, well, a lot. They cut like, five or six like deep scenes like some funny stuff too i was like a, a comic relief character but yeah. when i saw the finished cut i was like he's right though i i come in with this dialogue that speeds the ship up and then the rest of you know if you've seen the movie i don't want to spoil it for everybody but yes but like, the myself and chunk. jesse has yes okay, yeah. cool there's, there's a big chunk of the film where the acting is all in our faces like the people in the ship like the guy next to me He's he, his name is Casey Bond. He's an amazing actor. He's the main uh, baseball player in Moneyball, and he's going off about the rudder directions, and everyone else around him is silent for a good like ten minutes, just giving different like moments, you know, in our face. And right, even though they cut out so much of the stuff we had like shot, like there's a scene of me humping the engine telegraph at a at a point. Like, oh that's my how gosh. It, Yeah, it actually went that far at one point. And they were like, pretend like the telegraph is the booty. And it was just like the funniest, craziest time on scene. Do you think the comic relief would have taken away from yeah. the film? I think so. That, I really did. Yeah. Because you had that moment where you were whistling, right? That was you, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and they told you, stop making that noise. Um, yeah, I that. <laughs> so, yeah. so I can imagine that's kind of where they were taking your character. But yes, for the overall film i think the comic relief would have seemed a little out of place yeah it, it would have and i'm not going to say anything else about the other scenes even though you guys have seen it but other things they had to cut because it was pg-13 and you, you might know what i'm talking about if you go back and watch it a few times you might notice <laughs> like that they they really shied off on some things because it's pg-13 and uh but i still don't mind i'm still like i'm so happy to be a big part of it and just it's crazy man it's insane that is amazing, man. Tell us about working. Oh yes, Jesse, go ahead. It, it, it's it's my favorite kind of movie. It was it's uh it's bottleneck action. It's a solid ninety minutes, and it's like we're stuck in one location. Get from there to there, and that's the whole movie. Like oh. Dread twenty twelve was like that. Assault on oh, Precinct really? thirteen. It's like it focuses the action into one place, so it const it's constantly tense. Like I I literally watched this this yeah. afternoon as soon as I got home from work. And I was just like, I was blown away by it. Like, and I, I'm I'm the big film guy on the on the podcast. I have another show where I talk about film and and uh, uh, film um, film language and film production. So oh, yeah. if I'm saying it's really really good, it's yeah, it's good. It's it's genuinely <laughs> amazing. I really love it. I really love this movie. The fact that so cool. it's a war film that it's 90 minutes because yeah. right. most war films are, are like the, the Irishman length, you know, <laughs> two, oh, yeah. two and a half yeah, hours. They push hours. the length a lot. Do you know why yeah. they decided to make it an abbreviated war film as opposed to, you know, a long epic? <clears throat> well, honestly, it, I, I talked to Aaron Schneider the other night. We, yeah. had a, we had a cast meeting 
and it was it was a great meeting and um he told me he's like oh no we didn't cut much out of it and the whole cast like just got quiet on the zoom chat because we all knew they did we all knew they did he was like but the script really was written to be 94 minutes and the reason why they they, they kept it that way like they had some things they cut just a few things um and a lot of character building like just like rob morgan had a scene where him and tom's characters talk about how they already knew each other before they were on the ship when i saw that that was cut i was like wow that's a big scene to cut from this film yeah they did this purposefully you know they they knew hey and tom even did uh one of the interviews he did that was a promo for the movie said you can't have your watch which is the captain's watch uh governed by this nagging feeling of am i wrong and i was talking about the way he's doing this film it's a lot different than people think and I think that if you guys watch it multiple times, you might start noticing that, like, I saw Apple post, I, I searched on Google for the Greyhound, like, videos all the time, and I'll put uh, the search settings under the most recently posted, and the day before Greyhound was released, Apple uploaded five different versions of the film, and they all have different running times by, like, a few seconds. What? Yeah, and it's, it's just proven. You can go look at this. I, was, I took screenshots of it, too, because I was like, what? I couldn't get over it. I was like why would they upload so many well, versions so it's just like this rumor floating around that there's yeah. a slight I, difference to everything for your else. sake and for all of us I, I think it would be great to see the original longer film with all of your scenes intact because we do oh, want man. to see yours joseph like, we want to see that comic relief movie. yeah yeah it no made doubt. too funny it made too funny yeah. um talk to us about i guess um shooting on this ship i'm reading here it's from montreal originally from the montreal navy um, um I'm not sure if that's the case from from the article I read, um, but how did they? I guess I, I'm sure I'm assuming a lot of um, CG effects for the water and, but tell us about how how the ship was set up for shooting. I'm curious about that. Well, most of the ship shots were for extras and exterior establishing shots of the ship, or if you ever see the front of the ship, they uh, they get on little boats and they pull it around the ship because it's docked on the levee in Baton Rouge. And, okay. they, and I used to tour the USS Kid with uh, like my third grade and fourth grade classes doing like field trips. So I, was, I never would have thought I was making a movie with Tom Hanks on the ship one day in my hometown. <laughs> I would have never guessed it, man. But like they, they pull these little tiny boats around and the boats are pushing platforms. Then the guys jump off the boats on the platforms and they put up these giant green screens in front of the boats. So that when they're shooting on these cranes that are flying left to right over the boat, you're only seeing the front of the boat and then the green screens are wrapped around it. It's genius. I don't, I, I, man, seeing this stuff in real life, I wasn't even supposed to be there for the boat scenes because all of my scenes were with Tom on set, right? I wasn't right. with the extras most of the time. Uh, we had a few extras with us outside the windows and stuff. That was it. The portholes, excuse me. Sorry, Dale. <laughs> but uh, we had a few extras there. But one day I told Tom, I was like, hey, man, you were coming, you know, it was, it was the end of the three month stint and we're getting close to the end of it. And I went, I would love to see you guys filming on the, on the kid one day. It just, it looked like it'd be epic. I've been seeing you know, pictures in the cast are showing me. And he was like, yeah, you want to get on there? Okay, sure. And they just put me on the schedule one day and I wasn't even supposed to be working, but they're like, well, just for in case. That's how he got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, just in case we need you, and, you know, just to see what it's like. And he like brought me in. So I was pretty much, it was that awesome scene with Will Foley where, where the Vasco goes by and it almost, it, I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> you know, oh yeah. And, and he goes, <laughs> we can warn our listeners. Full. He's all head full. And Will Poland's just like stunned in fear. And he goes, son, you heard the order. I love that scene so much. That seems like it was such good acting from Will in that moment. It's just, oh, it was epic. But that, 
I was pretty much just there for him to run in and look me in the eyes and scream the order to me. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> just like screaming back. <laughs> but I'm like, Thomas got me here so I could see him shooting this. This is cool. I was like, he's such a good dude. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Um, dude, I, you got two other huge movies. I guess we can kind of pivot to those because um, we can certainly go back to um, Greyhound a little later. But uh, my gosh, you have a film on Netflix. I just saw this trailer, Project Power, with mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx. Right. And this is so rad. I mean, you're going into superhero realm with a little bit of Matrix thrown in, with the pills and everything. Uh, <laughs> but please, uh, tell us about your role in, in, that, in that film. Um, I, I guess you're playing a stoner type of character, which yeah. I think is awesome. Uh, you, you did a great job of introducing me, but we got to give credit to Dominique Fishback. She is the heart and soul of that film. She's okay, the, yes, she's yes, the yes, new up-and-coming queen. If I forget anybody, cinema. please throw them out. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll do, we'll do. And uh, yeah, she's a queen of cinema. She's a great yes. actress, actor. She's an amazing actor. And I think that everyone's going to love this movie. But yes, you're right. My character's name is Endo. So his name is obviously named after in- Indica. So it's just a funny character already. He's hilarious. <laughs> I can't tell you what I'm wearing in some of the scenes, but I just I think you guys would love the, the costume they gave me because it just fits this character. Um, this is, unlike Greyhound, I'm not a, a man in, you know, armor and, like, scared to yeah. go into some place. I'm this punk college kid, you know. But then I still I still get to bring in some like really gripping like moments and then I have fight sequences and I can explain that. It, mm-hmm. There's so much I can't tell you about, but I can say that this sounds like a pretty sizable role, yes? Oh yeah, well I mean, God, I wish I could say why. Oh, you can't you can't, uh, really, you can't allude uh, to it, okay. I'll just maybe I can get away with saying this definitely. Uh, if they I don't know if you guys noticed they credited us at the end of Greyhound in order of appearance, which is really good. It did within my favor. But if this movie credited me or credited us in a, according to appearance, I think we'd be so happy to see that. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's, like, it's an okay. epic, it's an epic film, man. And I'll, I will say that, like, Netflix does it right. I've never seen Netflix do an original film that they didn't put their heart and soul into. So they were always on set making sure everything was going well. And from the, from the start of being on set, I had this feeling. I was like, this is going to be something that people are going to love watching over and over and over. It's going to be like a Marvel film that wasn't from Marvel. It's going to be like mm. Netflix's. Yes. I, I, would, I wouldn't even doubt that it's so good that you want to see more in the franchise, if there is one. I'm sure. Yeah. How, how was Henry Joost and Ariel Schulman? God, they're the best. I've never worked with two directors back-to-back like that, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, they, they do that. They direct together. So I've never worked with two directors back-to-back. Like, so one of them gives you a pointer, and if the other one's not around at that very moment, you gotta, you gotta be ready for what's, what's coming next, because the other, you know, like Errol would come up, he'd give me a pointer, and then Henry would come up, he'd give me a pointer, and I'm like, oh crap, I gotta, I gotta pay attention to both of these things, and they're completely different than what I was, like, so this pointer he gave me is already heavy, and I go, okay, I gotta make sure to bring that to the scene, but then he gives me this one, and I'm like, oh, that's, oh, what, so I, like, you get into the scene, and you're like, okay, from the start of it, you have to remember both of these very important things yeah. and all your lines for the scene and the, the emotion. Do I want to make this funny? Do I make this not funny? Is this supposed to be me panicking or is this me, you know, engrossed in our motive? And it's just, it gets so, like, intense. And then after the scene's done, it, you gave such a good performance because you had, like, four eyes on you at all times instead of just two in the directing chair. And it, was, it just crafted something awesome. 
And I told them, I was like, man, working with both of y'all together, you guys are so good at not repeating each other. Like, it's not like, it's not like Ariel would come up and go, hey, I want you to make sure that you get off the bike like this and then kick the bike. And then Henry would come up and be like, hey, when you get off the bike, let's do this. So they were never competing or like combating. Yeah, which is why they usually have one director usually so that no one steps on each other unless they're brothers, you know, or, or, you know. They might as well be. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like the Farrelly brothers or the Russo brothers, things like that. But yes, that is so cool. And, And the, I just love the trailer, man. It just looks... Oh, mm. really, yeah, the trailer I, looks really fun. Really yeah. dope, man. Yeah. If you could pick a pill, which pill would you choose? And which power would you prefer? This is theoretical. <laughs> because yeah, I think it lives with different powers on there. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, with the, with the with the project power, it's all... That's the scary thing. You don't get to pick the pill. It's all the same pill. And you have a power inside of you you don't know about. So when you take it, it's like... Ah, that's right. It's not yeah, the pill. Yeah. It's yeah, what's inside so, you that yep. manifests manifests yeah. that ability, I guess, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. So if I had to choose the power, I hope would unlock inside of me. Um, God, man, the power of flight. I just, mm. I don't know why. I want the power of flight. You know? Yeah. Like I just. But it only lasts. I hate planes. Planes terrify me. Greyhound. <laughs> you guys saw Greyhound for that scene. The scene I will not talk about. For that scene, they flew me to New Jersey. I got off set at 9 p.m. And I got a call from the AD, and he's like, hey, hey, you don't like planes. I know, and I'm sorry to tell you this, but you're going to New Jersey. And I'm like, what? Okay, well, do I have time to drive? He's like, no, you got to be there at 6 a.m. tomorrow. I'm like, oh, snap. I have to get on a plane right now. He's like, oh, yeah, your flight leaves in two hours. I'm like, wait, two hours? <laughs> yeah, in two hours. Like, I was, oh, I, was, I was just going to say no to that. It was one of the coolest things. I was like, so the power of flight would have helped. Right, so, yeah, power of flight would definitely help me because I hate planes. Um, <laughs> but you only get the power for five minutes, though, right? Yeah, true. So I have to, I have to make sure. You have to like, time it. Yeah, yeah, you got, you got to <laughs> time really, really that really. That well. really suck if you're in mid-flight and all of a sudden, oh shit, oh. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you might, yeah, you might want to go the, um, you know, hyperspeed, I guess. <laughs> what, what, what power would you guys want? Wow, that's a great question, man. Um, oh, I that's... would, I would say I would want to stop time. That's like oh, my yeah. absolute. Wow. But you can only stop it for five minutes, General. <laughs> well, you can do a lot in five minutes. I think <laughs> stopping time doesn't mean that the five minutes is negligible. Because yeah, that's you a good point. Time. There you go. Oh, <laughs> I think it's wow. visibility. If we're talking about the time frame <laughs> of five minutes. Have to, if, 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 if we get a, a premiere, like an actual you know, casual premiere, you know, Let's hope so, right? <laughs> if we do, then uh, I would love to ask Henry and Rel that question. Like, if you can <laughs> stop time. This, this is the question this podcast host asked. If you can stop time, but it only lasts five minutes. How does that work? <laughs> like that's a, that's a yeah, good yeah. So you have to pick very specific points in your life, I guess, general, right? That you want to stop time for. Yeah. I think yeah. invi- I think invisibility would be really cool for five minutes. I think you can you can do some really devious things or mm. cool things yeah, uh, within that five minutes of invisibility. <laughs> you'd be uh, you'd be blind. Don't. You'd be blind, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the way your eyes see is that the light hits your retina. What happens if your retina is invisible? Whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Technically, like invisibility doesn't work. Awesome <laughs> Sorry. That, that is interesting. That is interesting. Can you talk about on a personal level of, of working with either Joseph or Jamie? I can say I did get to work with Joseph Gordon-Lewis, and uh, he, he also goes by Joe, and he is a 
fatherly person. He's he always talks about his kids, and he's I'm such a big fan of his. All right, I used to watch yes. 30, the Third Rock from the Sun all the time. So yes. God, I keep picturing him when we're working together. I'm just like, I'm not gonna say how it happens, but when he enters <laughs> the scene with me. I just kept picturing him with long hair. That is going way back. Wow. Yes, you are. Wow. But like, you know, as as someone who's always, our job consists on making the PAs have a good time, even if it's not laughing, making you know them think that we're very right. respectful and you know precise and very polite. So it's like we're always having to stick to our toes, especially if we're in the comedy roles. We have to always make people laugh because that's what we expect, right? So we're trying to be this way, but then you worry. You're like. Is there ever a moment that I just don't have to be like judged for what I say for a second, and I can just, you know, just talk about normal days? Like, oh, the weather's kind of hot, and it not feel like someone's like, that's corny. You know what I mean? You get this feeling sometimes. But I'm sitting there, and here comes Joseph freaking Gordon Levitt, walks up, goes, hey, what's up? And then he just starts talking about the coffee. And he's like, yeah. Uh, the coffee is good. It was pretty good yesterday. You know, I love it. it was good day. I, I put an extra sugar in there. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt talking about something that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, it's so awesome. <laughs> like, like, you don't always have to be on point, and you could just be like, I don't want to talk right now. This is just good coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Talk about the most casual pedestrian things with, with yeah. a, um, a celebrity. If, if it's early call times, nobody wants to talk about anything. <laughs> No, that was late called yeah. Oh, please. Yeah, Absolutely. Coffee is so much needed, man. Well, I'm looking it forward is. to this. Comes out on Netflix, uh, Netflix in August. August 14th. August 14th. So that's another film, man. You're all over, Super man. Super exciting. App- you're all over streaming platforms. Right. You got Apple crazy, TV man. covered. <laughs> you got Netflix covered with Project Power. Sci-fi. I'm curious about this. <laughs> other film because um happy death day was a fun film with jessica oh, Rhodes, um and you're working with harry shum jr of glee and jay farrow of snl chrissy fit from pitch perfect a film called all my life um and you're playing a cancer patient um yeah. what can you tell us about this project oh, i can tell you a lot about this project because of the fact that it's a true story it's out there if you want to learn the story much like greyhound there is not much that was secret except for the things that he wrote in there that weren't in real life so my character is based on like my character is one of the only characters that wasn't really part of the true story but was based i usually, I usually get those characters for some reason was based on <laughs> cool. what happened with someone who may or may not have wanted their name or their likeness to be portrayed in the film but um i meet harry Jum, harry shum jr's uh character in cancer treatment and i mean like that pretty much tells you enough you know about my character and about uh, the kind of wild ride you're in for for this movie but i will say this look at the cast you got john radnitsky you got molly Hagan, you got jay farrow it's directed by mark myers he always does crazy like like horror movies or like you know psychotic thrillers like uh, my my friend Dahmer. so you're already like wow what am i in for this is this is a movie that's running for the, the place of the notebook you know it's a true gripping story about a relationship of a yes. woman named Jen Carter. Jen Carter is an amazing woman. Like she's one of the nicest people I've ever met, but she's also just like, she went through this entirely just, oh, I don't want to say like heavy hitting or hard to like live through, but like, I want people to look up her story. You know, I do. Cause like, if, if you were like me, you knew about her story. You knew about her story when the crowdfunding platforms were first, you know, getting somewhere, they were actually helping people and they helped her and her husband in this time of need 
And that's what the story's about, how there's their lives changed millions of people's lives around the world with their hope. And God, man, it's a great story, and I can't talk about it enough. It's an amazing movie. Awesome. The, the role I got, I'll, I will say this, dude. The role I, that I got at the end of the, the most heavy scene that I was in, Jessica Roth and Harry Shum Jr. came up to me and hugged me tightly. And we like all kind of like were crying together, and like, really? it was pretty epic, man. It was pretty epic, man. That yeah. is awesome, Jessica Roth. She's definitely very easy on the eyes. Whew. She's a beautiful person. She's also got a beautiful soul, but like she's another person that when you meet them, they're just like a family, you know, like a family person. Like they they just they love their family. They brag about like their the little things, like their their husband doing something so like sweet but it's something we would hope to do, yeah. to do for you know our loved ones and it's just like that's nice she's not over here going oh look at me on the cover of this magazine look at me becoming this big celebrity look at me she's just talking yeah. about the things that matter you know that is cool that I is like, really cool that's really cool to hear that so this is uh, released later this year from universal do you think it will get the theatrical release or do you think are we looking at a streaming platform for this film gotta hope it gets theatrical it deserves theatrical dude Know. How was Louisiana in general with with the whole pandemic and just the, the day to day activities with you? Well, we are mandatory masks on now, so if you go into any stores, you have that mask on. But our public parks are open because our governor and mayor know that if you're not within six feet of anyone, then you're obeying the six feet apart you know mandate. Um, I always have my mask on me at all times. Like just there you always, go. Because you never know like when someone new might just knock on the door and be like, oh, we're here to check your internet. Or, you know, you go to McDonald's and it says mask only and all the patrons are standing there waiting for their food. But then you see the people that are cooking with their masks like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, the hell is the point? We're, we're the ones obeying the rules and you got people yeah. working with our food not obeying the rules. <laughs> so it's, it's a scary situation. But I think Tom Hanks is the canary in the coal mine. I think he's a testament to how strong humans are. That's how right. Or what he was one of the early us. people who got, got infected. That's right. He was, I think, four years the... old and type 2 diabetic and he survived. What were you saying? Oh, well, I was going to say, I think he was the first uh, known celebrity yeah. to... Him and uh, his wife. Yeah, him and yeah. his wife. Yeah, his absolutely. Wife, yeah. Yeah. So, Joseph, yeah. um, Reed Wilson went to, to rap on a video to show people my lungs still work, man. General. So Joseph, um, what would you rather have success in? Cause I see you, you're also a musician. Would you rather have like a great acting career or be like a big rock star? Oh, you call it man. Um, rock star status is kind of scary. I don't really shoot for that, but I would shoot for like, Jason Mraz of metal. <laughs> that <made me> like, <laughs> like that's kind of what I'd hope for. Like I want, I want to make a song that's heavy and has like crunchy guitars yeah. and bass drums, but then has awesome. like a catchy chorus that you know, you want to listen to at your wedding day and at your funeral. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Like, do you still like, like, do you still record with your band? I do, but my band is pretty much like my buddy Tevin plays bass with me, and he's, cool. he's actually off camera. My buddy Tevin plays bass, and we just get drummers to fill in because that's the hardest part oh. to find a dedicated drummer who's not going to become an astrophysicist or a doctor. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> oh, you mean... <laughs> like they do, they they quit wow. and become like underwater welders and stuff. <laughs> You're like, but you were so good at drums. <laughs> yeah, but now I'm good at welding. That's drums. a that's a very specific <laughs> profession. You became yeah. an underwater yeah. welder. That's very specific. <laughs> 
Hey, you can make a great living as an Oh yeah, I, I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> what what genre of uh, is Henry V? Your band? Uh, I would say it is alternative rock metal. Uh, easy listening, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Easy listening, heavy metal. Yeah, sure. <laughs> two opposite sides of the spectrum. I could. <laughs> hey, I can easily listen to heavy metal. <laughs> there you go. I love That's it. Nice. I love it. I love it. Um, also, reading here that uh, one of your first gigs was on American Horror Story, and this yeah. was the uh, the Freak Show season, correct? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I I saw that. Yeah. So no no dialogue in the your featured uh, background, I guess. You see, I want people to know this too. Like you, it's all part of how like how hard you work for something you dream of. So I didn't want to be an act. I wanted to be an actor. Let me rephrase that. I wanted to. I didn't think it was possible. I wasn't pursuing it. I wasn't. You know, right. I wasn't a wannabe actor. <laughs> like you have to go from the the phase of being a wannabe actor to like doing it. Which, which involves it, background work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just but this guy just told me, hey, they're looking for extras for. For American Horror Story, and I had been on set as an extra, and it was cool. You get paid, and you get free food to just watch your favorite celebrities do their thing. And if you don't learn stuff from watching people make films, so I, I was, I was always loving that, and I would take that back to like a YouTube channel and doing short films myself. Yeah. But I can't act in the short films that I do, so I, I never thought it'd be possible for me to be an actor. But I knew how the business worked so well that I was like, all right, once they picked me for American Horror Story, I was like, I'm gonna learn so much from the set. I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm glad, like, I we got lucky. I wasn't just an extra on one episode. I was a background player, they called me, background artist. If they want to yeah, call me. yeah, core, but, you're a core. Yeah, it was core background, one of five, and we were yeah. there from day one to day zero, like, all the way through the shoot for seven months. And the show was on TV while we were working on it. So I was getting people, like, contacting me, like, hey, man, i got to know what happens next episode. I know you know. <laughs> He's like, I know <laughs> and it was just like, I'd never experienced that before. But I knew I was just there to learn, and if I got lucky, to, and I did get lucky to get some good FaceTime with a machete in yeah. the second last episode. But I was like, I don't need the FaceTime. What I need is this knowledge because I'm really starting to want more to act, and I'm, I'm seeing it as almost possible because I'm only three feet away from Finn Whitrock and Evan Peters, and they're having the craziest, most emotional scene in the season, and I'm right next to them. I, I feel this energy. So I was holding the door open for them, and we'd been working for a few weeks together at the time. And he goes, what's up, brother? How you been? I'm like, I'm good. He goes, you've been here for a while. You're going to be here the whole time, aren't you? You're core? And I'm like, yep, yeah, I am. He goes, that's pretty cool. And he saw me staring at his, his uh, foam hand. When oh, was- look, he's a lobster boy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I have gauges. So I, I mean, I kind of love the fact that I got gauges and then became an actor because makeup always has to cover these. Yes, like, yes. For period pieces, like American Horror Story Freak Show. And so they, they had me in the makeup trailer right next to Evan Peters. And I'm just <laughs> background so like we were talking yeah so i was staring at his his hands that day and he remembered that and he's like you were looking at these he's like you want to feel them and i'm like yeah dude so i got to feel his, his lobster hands oh, how cool like, man like foam like the kind but, of foam you put on a keychain that if you drop in like the water I, off a boat it would float yeah <laughs> like that. I, i'm reading that evan and kathy bates are the ones that encourage you to pursue acting is that true that is absolutely true, man. Really? I, I, I was like, I could be a background uh, background artist, as they called me. I was like, I could do that because I got picked up on. Uh, I had, yeah. I had, uh, was it uh, Hot Pursuit? I did an audition for that. They just liked my look and picked me. So I was yeah. like, whoa! But I was in the scene. It was just us three, and I was like, whoa! This is insane. So after that had happened, I was like, man, I really, I want to go for this. So I just started, you know, shooting the show. And I was like, man, watching you guys 
was insane tonight. I was like, I've seen you a couple weeks now, but like, you're my mom's favorite actor. <laughs> I was like, I think you're pretty good too. Yes. Watching you and Finn Whitrock tonight was insane, and I don't even know him. I was like, I don't even know Finn Whitrock at the time. He wasn't. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, but he's an amazing actor. I was like, you guys inspire me. You make me feel like it's possible because I'm watching you do it. He goes, it's absolutely possible, brother. He goes, and I think you got it. You got it. If you want to do it and you have that energy, he's like, you got it, man. I think you can be an actor. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, where? I hate to be one of those token people like, hey, baby, but where do I start? And he's like, he's got to get headshots and an agent, man. And that that should be your focus at first, is yep. to get headshots and an agent. You might not get the agent because I ended up getting headshots, which you can just get those on Craigslist if you get a good enough uh, right. headshot photographer. It'll, Absolutely. It'll you get an audition. And then I got an audition and got a lead role on sci-fi. And it was all because Evan Peters believed in me. Kathy Bates wait, just said a bunch of nice things. Wait, about which me, uh, which lead role? <laughs> which lead role are you alluding to on Sci-Fi? Um, hashtag Follow Friday. It's a film by the, the creators of Sharknado, so it's oh, really yes. cool. You know what you're in for, though, man. Yes, follow, hashtag Follow Friday. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I'm the lead. I'm the lead male actor in that movie. Oh and, yeah, the college nerd who develops a website for amateur local detectives. Sweet. It's corny as it all can possibly be. I, you know, so I like cool. Sharknado, so I'm gonna have to check this cool. one out. All right, cool. Yeah, I love I mean, it, it's, it's not as bad. As, I'm not gonna say Sharknado is bad, but they even say Sharknado is bad. <laughs> it's, it's like it's almost like the Sharknado team tried to take it serious in a bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Of course, Matt. My gosh. You're all over the streaming platforms. Well, right now, Apple TV Plus with Greyhound uh, currently at 81% critics and 79% audiences. That's what? very good awesome. on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, I believe one of the highest uh, rated uh, <clears throat> films on Apple TV Plus, um, which yeah. is another positive thing, which is great. Um, they got to break the numbers. Yeah. Um, like Hulu's top film was um, Palm Springs and now Apple TV's uh top film is your film greyhound so you got to be happy about that which is awesome um my gosh man we, we can't we're so um excited to have you on joseph because we know you're gonna just blow up like crazy now you, this is uh amazing you got all my life coming out soon project power on netflix so yes. we really uh thank you so much for uh being a part of uh below the belt show and uh if you could before we let you go uh let us know who you are, because I think I butchered your last name. But <laughs> let us oh, know yeah. who you are. And um, also throw out your uh, uh, Project Power, All for Life, and Greyhound. And then let us know you're on Below the Belt and whatever you want at the end. What's up? I'm Joseph Poliquin. This is Below the Belt. It's been a great podcast. You can find me at Instagram at J-O-E-S-Y underscore Pelican. All right. Awesome. Um, one more, if you can also throw out Greyhound, um, All My Life, and Project Power. Okay, cool. Or, or since All My Life is not out yet, yeah. maybe, <clears throat> maybe just Greyhound and Project Power. Right. You can find Greyhound on Apple TV Plus right now. Project Power will be on Netflix August 14th. Awesome. Rock on. You tie that all together. Joseph, thanks for calling in to BTB Below the Belt Show. Thanks for calling in, man. Hey, thank you all, man. Have a good night. Have a good one. Thank too. you. Good night.